0: Hey, welcome to another episode of Chad's Beer Podcast with my special guest, Tom from the Crummy Beard. How you doing, Hello. man?
1: I'm good, thank you, sir. How are you?
0: Good, good. I, well, this I, I just said this in our review of St. Bernard as 12. Um, I said, you know, this is my third show and you're my second guest who has the same... You know, no hair and beard look.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the beer reviewer aesthetic. I think we've got to no. coin it now.
0: Although your beard is way better than mine. Like, how long have I, you had that thing?
1: Wow. I've been I've been slowly working on this since 20 late 2018. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a, it's not like a just go out and get it as big as I can. Like, it, it, it we trim it down, style it a bit, and just kind of gradually keep it going. I don't know how long mm-hmm. it's going to go on for um eventually it will start to get annoying and get in the way i'm sure but for now it's all right
2: That's yeah <laughs> and
0: how long have you been doing this look
1: um probably about a year before that okay um yeah i'm fortunate enough that i'm not i'm not fully bold but it's definitely not what it was on the top there so i was like no nah, it's coming off it's fine
2: yeah
0: because <laughs> i've i've always had like i've had the worst of both worlds is like i have like a receding hairline and like a bald spot in the back but like i don't have like the like actual bald guy look where just the entire top of your head just disappears so which i think is worse you know it's like if i had actual horseshoe you know that that pattern yeah like no i'd probably be okay with that but you know what i'm just like you know what like i'm just gonna take on that look you know
1: you gotta do it and you look good you look good with a shaved head there's a lot of people out there who lose their hair and don't look good when they shave it so they can't win either way so at least we've got that going like it's fine
0: yeah and like now that i'm kind of old enough i have you know gray beard which i think actually looks better at
1: least in my it's opinion a but it's a good look mine's mine's getting there i, tell you, I keep finding more and more whites and grays <laughs> every day how old are you by the way um oh, that's one of those questions i'm like hold on i've got to count back <laughs> um uh i'm i'm 34 verging on 35.
0: <laughs> okay, because I'm 47. That's the thing with uh, facial hairs; it makes you look older than you are.
1: Yeah, no one knows. No one can guess. It's always a, it's always a mystery.
0: Sorry, something crashed outside, and my cats came running in through the window. <laughs> I think somebody's moving or something. Um, anyway, so like, I got this whole purple look tonight. I'm wearing this is the uh, local soccer team, Orlando City uh major league soccer and i don't know i don't know if you're a sports fan or not but i figured you know if you're in the uk you know soccer football like you know kind of runs in your blood you know it was a good it was a good
1: assumption i'm i'm one of the outliers i'm not i'm not massive on uh soccer slash football whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. um but sports wise um i'm a rugby fan and we're currently in the middle of what they call the six nations which is like Mm -hmm. it's not as big as the world cup but it happens every year and it's kind of the big event every year when it's not a world cup yeah, um, uh, which is national level, um, uh, and Formula One is my other long-term passion. I've been into that for basically my entire life. So,
0: yeah, that's funny because uh, the Six Nations. So, where I'm originally from, upstate New York. You know, it's about three hours north of New York City mm-hmm. in Troy, New York. There's a pub there called the Ruck, which is, okay. I guess, is a yeah. rugby term, and they like on the yeah, yeah. on the sign it would say a Six Nations pub. And it's, it's one of my, my all time favorite beer bars. Uh, It's so nice now. like, if you ever come over here, I was just there in August after not having been there probably for about six years. And it was like a nice uh, nostalgic trip there. Like it's so like they've, they've done like, it used to just be one floor. Like now it's like three floors and like my homebrew club back when I used to live up there, like we used to have our homebrew club meetings up there Mm -hmm. And like they have like a whole kitchen now and they have like 20 or 30 beers on tap. And uh, it's just it's just definitely one of the best beer bars I've ever been to, you know, like as much as Americans love craft beer. It's like we don't really have like the pub culture like you guys have in the UK where because like, I mean, I've never I've never been there. Sorry. So I'm kind of going off of like what I've read in books and, you know, what I've heard online and things like that. Um, of like where like the the pub culture is kind of like your community culture of like where you everybody kind of goes down to the pub and like hangs out on you know saturday or sunday or friday nights or whatever and it's like like people even like bring like their kids and stuff with them or is did they bring kids or so am uh, i hearing that wrong <laughs>
1: yeah you're hearing that. How, how much of an in-depth answer do you want because i could okay. probably talk for minutes about this but i'll try and i'll, I'll get i'll try and give you the all the time
0: here. in the world
1: though. So. okay so uh, just to answer your question about kids, so um, some pubs, yes; others, no. So there are uh, not every pub is the same. There are definitely different styles. So there are some that are more like pub and eat, like pub eateries. They mm-hmm. do, you know, it's, it's beer and food, um, and they have it. They most of the time they have like quite a particular look and style to them, and they are kid friendly normally until like anywhere between eight and ten PM. Um, And then it's like, there's a hard cut off and kids have to be out. There are others that are just over 18s only always. Um, They tend to be the more beer serious ones. Um, But so that is a thing, but in terms of the actual culture of it. So it started, I don't know how many hundreds of years ago, to be fair, but the whole kind of reason it developed was because it was a place to go that was effectively nicer than your house. Like hundreds (laughs) of years ago, that was the, that was kind of the ethos was you could go to a living room or lounge or whatever you want to call it. That was nicer than the one you had at home and they served beer and your friends were there and you could play a game or whatever. Like, so it was because, you know, you can imagine what housing was like in the UK and during the industrial revolution and all that kind of thing. Well, our houses are still way smaller than yours most of the time now, Mm -hmm. um, even though they're pretty nice, but back then it would have been even more extreme. So, um that was kind of how it started. And obviously it just becomes a generational thing. And you know, you take your kids at one point and then the kids get old enough and they're going on their own and it just kind of kind of keeps going. It the, the culture's changed a bit in recent years. There's definitely less people going as regulars because people have found other stuff to do, I guess. But um but yeah, you find it kind of like the old, old mining towns in particular, like the old industry places, they tend to have a much stronger. Pub community feel to them compared to in the cities now.
0: Yeah, I wanted to show you um, my old beer bar back in uh, Albany. This is it's called Mahars, and it's basically based on a. Uh... Hey, why isn't this uh...
3: All
2: right?
0: Hang on, I thought I thought I was sharing the whole screen. All right, here we go. All right, so this this was in all this bar is closed, but this is where I used to go in uh, Albany where I lived. And it was based on an English bar, and like they actually had six cast beers there. And this is like yeah. cast beer in the United States is like super rare. Like you can only yeah. see it in like major big cities or like super okay. nerdy beer bars like this one. So <laughs> these pictures are from like 10 or 15 years ago. So like the quality is not that good.
1: Yeah. I think yeah, Adnum Adnum's... Adnum signage, yeah. They they're still going. Tetley's. Tetley, still they don't make very good beer, but they're still going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so here's like some random pictures of like the bar around. It's,
1: oh, not yeah. a, it's not a bad interpretation for sure.
0: I thought I had more pictures than this. Oh, yeah, Mahars. Like all the. So, like, if they had this awesome thing. So, like, you would go and you would have a uh, there's a computer in the back and you would type in like your member number and it would print out a list. Here it is. So like, this is a list of everything that they have that you haven't had yet. And the price. So it's both, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, anything that's on cask and anything that's on draft and then bottles and cans, you know, and then what they, you give this to the bartender and they actually, they'll take a highlighter and they highlight what beer you have. And then when you leave, you put in the basket by the door and when you come back next time it's on your menu. And then uh, like, it'll, there's a tally. And then after you hit so many beers, you get um, like after 50 beers, you get a t-shirt after like 150, you get a free case of beer. <laughs> and after 200 or 250, you get in the mug club. I don't know if you saw those mugs, but they would oh, actually, yeah. um, they'll etch whatever design that you want. Nice. And you get anything on on tap. I think it's like a ten ounce mug, but like it's like half price or something like that. But I don't know. It was it was a lot of fun. So I I always want to visit over there. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if you know this or not, but I used to actually be in the U.S. Navy. And okay. uh, I, we never went to. We floated by England. I saw the White <laughs> Cliffs of Dover. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how far that is from you, but um, one <laughs> uh, hour to, drive probably. Oh wow, I've been to um. Sicily, uh Malta, Copenhagen, Denmark, uh Iceland, uh Halifax, Canada, and then Puerto Rico and a bunch of uh like Colombia and Guatemala and a lot of places yeah. in uh, Central America and stuff like that. But uh sorry, we never got to go to the UK. I wanted to I always wanted to see that. So I, I want to take a trip there someday. But I think you actually need like a visa now to go over there, just if you even if you just want to be a tourist.
2: Uh
1: I'm not sure. I think we we definitely have to do something similar if we go to the US. We definitely have to fill out uh, some sort of immigration card and, mm-hmm. and that process. But I'm pretty, I think you do apply for it in advance, but I don't think it's as kind of um, like convoluted or intense as actually like trying to emigrate. Like it's just a, right. basically a, I mean, like you let them know you're intending on going just to, with enough advance so they can just run a basic check to make sure you're not on any wanted list and then they go, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's like
0: i just right want to right. go see the sites you know yeah <laughs> have you ever visited have
1: you ever visited over here um once uh and i was quite young at the time did the usual um orlando disney stuff um i went about it a very convoluted way so i've actually ended, i've been in uh i've been in three different states but only in the airports of two of them mm. um so I, if, if i remember rightly it was like into DC, and then maybe it was a hop to would it be a hop to New York and then Florida? That'd be right, right, right way around. I don't know what it was, but anyway, you probably would go
0: New York, DC, Florida, that's yeah, that might have been South. that
1: might have been it. Um, yeah. I've been to Canada once as well, I was that was probably 15 years ago, mm-hmm. um, but that was that was just skiing, um world's well, most mm-hmm. expensive skiing holiday uh it was good though and very cold <laughs> um yeah
0: that's uh that's something i don't miss because i'm in florida now and so i'm actually disney world's only about an hour from where i live okay yeah so if you ever visit down here let me know because that's right right around the corner from me
1: yeah i would like to do another u.s tour at some point that'd be good for sure
0: yeah so how did you get the nickname the crummy beard <laughs>
1: that was just a working title <laughs> that was uh that was very much like i'd made the decision that i wanted to start a youtube channel i've been into like video photography i'll just enjoy trying to edit Great. stuff but like, without a purpose to do it like without anywhere to put the final result the kind of I don't, I don't know about you but i certainly get to the point where i'm like actually i get i get bored quickly if i've got nothing to do with it afterwards you know what i mean Right, it needs to go. It needs to go somewhere. So I was like, right, I've been, I've been thinking about it for y- years. Isn't an exaggeration. Like I've been watching YouTube for an incredibly long time since the real early kind of 2006, I guess was the launch. Something
2: Technically like
0: 2005, but nobody was really right. using it until about probably 2007 yeah. or 8.
1: Yeah, really early years stuff. The kind of the first creators that actually started putting out constant, um, constant uploads. Um, always like the idea, but I was just, it just got to that point where I was like, right, I've, well, I've not really got the time, but mm-hmm. if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. So I'm just going to do it. And I was like, I don't want to use my name and I don't know what the channel's actually going to be about. Cause I was just like, mm-hmm. I will know I want to make videos and I'll find just through trial and error, what it is that I want to make videos about. Um, and I kind of knew there was going to be some kind of food or drink thing in there at the start. Um, the beard part's obvious. Um, and the, the crumbs was kind of the, the crummy was kind of a play on crumbs as in food crumbs, but also the fact that I knew it that's like when I started my video quality wouldn't be very good. So crummy as in a bit naff, right? You know, right, it. right. Like you just kind of like, yeah, that was that that was it. And it was like, it's a working title. I'll probably change it in three weeks time. Mm. Never have. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> just stayed. Um, and that's, that's it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that. Um, the logo you have, the cartoon did you design that, or did you have an artist do
1: that? No, I I did that one. I had a more basic one to start with. You can probably see it on the uh, the pump clip here. Mm. I'll
2: take
1: it off and show you. So that was the that was the original one. It was a very basic kind of outline thing. Um, yeah. And then I redid it probably coming up for a year ago. Um, spent a lot more time over it, and you know, a bit more <laughs> a bit more research and how to go about it, and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, yeah my kind of creative background is very much photography driven mm-hmm. um so like i know how to use photoshop but i don't necessarily know how to illustrate things properly so that still probably wasn't done properly but you know as soon as you know the basics of a program it's not that much of a big step with enough tutorials to get to where you want to be so yeah that's, what, yeah that's what came out of it
0: that cask handle there that that's from like a real cask or you don't have yep. a cast in the basement,
1: do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish. So it does work. You can plug it in. So this is from a company called Pint365. I bought it. They didn't give it me, sadly. Mm. Um, uh, but So it's like, um, it's a proper beer engine like you would get in a pub in the UK. Um, but it is designed for home bar use. So the all the mechanics and internals of it are nigh on identical to what you get in a pub. But they just make it the kind of the base of it and all of that stuff out of a slightly cheaper material because it's, you're not pulling 200 pints a day out of it. It doesn't need to be over engineered, I guess. Um, So it makes it much more affordable. So yeah, it does work. I have used it. Um, I don't use it very often because I, you know, trying to keep beer at the right temperature and ultimately you can only buy it in quite large amounts and reviewing beer. You want to get through lots of different ones, not be stuck with the same one for weeks. So it doesn't get all that much use, but it's a nice prop. It looks good. So, yeah, do you do you homebrew? Um I've done some, yeah. Um I wouldn't say I was great at it. I again it's the kind of the same problem. I really enjoy the process of doing it and trying it at the end, but I need to kind of get back into it and start doing smaller quantities because I did I kind of I've done a lot of um uh full grain brewing, but mm-hmm. kind of buying it in kit form, it's still raw ingredients, so it's not like a starter kit, but they always sell them in enough to do like thirty liters, and that's just too much when you got all the other stuff to try. So yeah, yeah. But I yeah, used to,
0: yeah, I used to homebrew when I lived in New York, and uh, when I moved to Florida, I sold all my homebrewing equipment, and then I tried to do it again when I after once I got settled here, but my batches kept getting infected, and uh, ah. I think it's just about the Florida air. Although I did have, I got these um these swing top bottles like grolsch or something. Yeah, and uh, I just got them from free off somebody on Craigslist or something, and they they had Brett in them, and I remember doing a saison, and it was this Brett saison that I didn't even plan on it being, and it was awesome. <laughs> I was like, oh my no. god, this is the best beer I never even planned on making, but it's like you had to drink it quick because like otherwise, yeah. like they just it got like spoiled like so fast. But
3: okay. um, yeah, I
0: mean that'd be cool. Like you could homebrew and like you know you could like use your you know cask. And it's funny they call it an engine or beer engine because when I think when you hear the word engine, you think of like some complicated machinery, you know. <laughs> I think it's like fairly simple. It's just basically like a vacuum pump, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hand operated vacuum pump, yeah. Um, I have done it with homebrew. I have had homebrew going through it, actually, um, mm-hmm. which is quite satisfying. Um, but, yeah, I mean, one day when I've got a little bit more space, move somewhere else mm-hmm. and um, can feasibly have it kind of, you know, cast stored in a, in a kind of basement environment. Um, I can't do that at the minute. So um, yeah, one day it will get some proper use. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. That's like, if you're going to be a home brewer is like, you need like a lot of friends or a big family because you make like so much beer. Like you can't drink it yourself. And yeah. ever since I moved from New York to Florida, I don't have like a big circle of friends anymore. So, like, that's one of the reasons that I don't really homebrew that much anymore. Um, it's like, I don't have, like, I can't drink all that beer myself, you know? I need yeah. somebody to give it away to.
3: Yeah, uh, I you know, used problem. to be in a
0: homebrew club back in Albany. We used to have, like, competitions and stuff like that. And, uh, like, you, like, constantly uh, new members coming in and out, so you get to try other people's beers. And, uh, like, homebrewing is, like, a great way to actually, like, learn about beer, especially when you drink other people's beers, and especially mm-hmm. when they screw it up, because then you taste, like, diacetyl and acetaldehyde and dms and things like that like yeah if you yeah. only drink commercial beer it's like you don't really tend to get like the flaws and stuff
2: mm. yeah it
1: helps you pick out when when that when they do end up with flaws like um you mentioned it the other day about um was it oh uh, what beer was it
0: sam smith's
1: no it was a check
0: Czech... oh uh, uh pilsner or cal
1: it uh, was pills yes. About that, you said you felt like that started to get a lot of diacetyl in it. And like yeah. that's a flavour that's tricky to really pick out unless someone puts a beer in front of you and says, this is, has a lot of it, and then you know what that flavour yeah. is. Um, but when you're homebrewing, you end up messing up. And quite often, your first few homebrewers are definitely going to have quite a lot of diastol in there, Yeah. especially if you don't leave it long enough. Um, and then you can pick it up straight away once you know. Like, it's, yeah. So it's undeniable.
0: It's also like kind of like a natural byproduct of a lot of English ale strains. Like, you know, I drink a lot of uh, Samuel Samuel Smith is like the only UK beer we can get around here. And like, unless like maybe like Old Speckled Hen, which also has it in it, which, you know, like that Yingwood re- yeast strain, like it's very diacetyl forward. And like, I mean, in the right beer, in the right context, you know, it's, it's okay. I don't mind it. Yeah. It's like, uh, like last week I did my Tuesday night beer school by myself. and I did Sam Smith's tatty porter versus an American English style porter. Mm-hmm. And like the American porter was like very clean, almost like a lager. And then the Sam Smith's was like super fruity estery, but also a little buttery. And, uh, it's just like, it's just like such a world of difference, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't mind it if it's, you know, done in the right context, you know?
1: Yeah, that's pretty typical for our porters. They're not they're not clean, like yeah. they are these very rustic, earthy. You know, you don't you're not quite sure mm-hmm. how much stuff is in there that's meant to be in there, kind of thing. But it, it gives it its own charm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's got this old school look. Because you can go to any bar and order a generic, mass produced beer and end up with something clean. Like if you want something clean in the UK, you go, you go and order a Guinness because it's always going to be. Mm-hmm no yeah you know, there's gonna be no off taste of that unless yeah. the pub not kept the you know not kept it right but um but yeah the other stuff yeah much more much more that way it's quite common for our trad beers
0: are you a big fan of real ale you know yeah. like i mean you have the the handle there like i don't know how ubiquitous or lack thereof is cask beer because like i you know I follow, you know, beer news and all that stuff, you know, I have for the, since I started this show, like, you know, like camera campaign for real ale, like I follow it in like the news, but like we, you know, it has like, which is funny for me. Cause like, I'm just like observing something that's happening in another yeah. country. Yeah. yeah. Um, like they're trying to like kind of save this format. And like I said, in America, I think I've, aside from the Har's that I showed you, I can't even really think of many other bars that have had, Cask beer, maybe like if you go to like a beer fest, like maybe they might have something, you know. And then I've yeah. heard like a lot of breweries will cheat. Well, they'll just fill a a cask off of you know a keg, you know, yeah. and it's like it's cheating like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. Um. In in the UK, if you go, to, so if, uh, excluding like craft beer specific bars, because they will be pretty much all um keg tap. So, mm-hmm. but any other pub or bar or whatever, it would be very unusual to go somewhere that had less than four hand pulls on.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like that would be re- that would really be quite odd. Um, it's still massively available. Camera are really pushing for the use of that style from kind of the smaller brewers. Quite a lot of the time, uh, hand pulls will be from. Uh, with things like Old Speckled Hen um, and from brewers that are owned by like Molson Coors or uh, Heineken or something like that so it's like it is still cask but it's not the uh, it's it's overly refined and probably yeah. not very good cask right um, so that's really what they're kind of Yeah, marching on. Uh, But in terms of the amount of people drinking it, still very much a thing. Um, Craft beers lent it a little bit. Like there is definitely more keg tap beer being drunk in the UK now. But yeah, it's not enough to, I think, damage that traditional format. It's not. It's not going away, from what I've seen.
0: Yeah, I mean, from my experience, from all those years with mahars, like I, I found that the cask presentation, as they always call it. Like it, it kinda it it's it, it's like that way of drinking the beer, it like it, you pretty much like have to have like English style beers with it. Like I've had like I think I had like a few American IPAs on on cask and like it just kind of messes with your head because like it's a totally different texture, you know? Yeah. It's almost yeah. like it's almost like nitro. Which uh is that how Guinness like with the nitro got started? Because nitro in beer is like a fairly modern invention because you know even co2 forced carb is like a modern invention because like we've been drinking beers for centuries and like yeah. like the, like the cast method of you know of that's how you dispense the beer that was the norm mm-hmm. for like hundreds of years and then you know somebody figured out how to force carb beer and then somebody figured out how to do nitro in there and i saw your video about the uh the guinness two-part pour and that yeah. like really put it together i was like yeah, it's just like an archaic thing of like where you would pour the cask and then let it settle and then, you know, top it off. Yeah, and I think I think that's all it is. You know, I'd love to see maybe maybe this is out there like some science channel where they would where they could actually where they could break it down. Because like I would think like from like a physics point of view or a chemistry point of view of like the, the Guinness two part pour is like, is anything changing like at the molecular level when you have like a two part pour? I don't know. So I'm not a scientist. <laughs> it,
1: yeah, when they when they did it originally, and uh, in that video, so when they it, it was two pours, but it wasn't. So they poured from one barrel that was, um, really uh, basically had a lot of yeast in it. So it was, it, it had a lot of CO two build up, natural CO two buildup in that in that barrel, which would result in a very frothy and active beer. Let that settle down, but then they top it off with one that had very little yeast put into the barrel so it wasn't very active not a lot of mm-hmm. co2 and that would bring in a bit more flavor and a bit more body um because it's 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 thicker effectively because there's no co2 in it or less co2 in it um so it was trying to like balance one off against the other because i don't know why they didn't just produce one style of cask that was right you know what i mean from all the way through, but I guess they figured out that it's actually easier to produce one that's really active or one that's underactive rather than exactly the right one every time. I guess that might be part of it. I don't know, but, um, but yeah, it's an interesting thing. And Guinness, as far as I know, never went down the regular keg tap route. It was always cask, 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 and then flipped into what they do now with the nitro stuff. So, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: yeah. So, you heard the
0: Guinness, uh, The foreign extra stout?
1: Yes. That Uh, one's pretty good. Did you have the Irish one or the Nigerian one?
0: It must have been the Irish one. I've heard about the Nigerian. I have never can't get that around here, obviously. Uh,
1: Well, we shouldn't be able to get it here, but we can. (laughs) It doesn't appear (laughs) from time to time. Um, So the Nigerian one is brewed with... I can't remember the name, but basically it's not the main um fermentable crop is uh, is, is effectively a, not like a nigerian sugar cane oh like a
0: sorghum or something
1: yes that's that's it that's the one oh um, and well, so if it's, it's
0: sorghum then it's basically it's like a gluten-free beer
1: it probably is i might be able to tell you i've got one sat behind me hold on let's have a look so they look exactly the same and for the sake of anyone watching, that's what the label looks like. But the Irish and Nigerian one look identical. You've got to go onto to the back of the bottle to find out. Um, well,
0: to to, uh, I think that green trim gives it away. That the one, ones I've seen here don't have that green on
1: it. Okay, that might be the difference. Um, but does it say that it's gluten-free? Um, uh, it's also got malto syrup in it, so it might not be. Hmm but yeah it's um it's very it's it's a very different experience despite being kind of the same beer just because of that different um fermentable in there it's uh yeah it's quite it's worth trying it's not to everyone's taste though it's what I've, i quite like it mm. um but yes i've heard from a few other people that have had try it and go have gone no i prefer the irish one because it is quite different
0: you got a, you get a little beer fridge down there
1: yeah i've got a little stuck if i if i Turn to the side. That's my little setup. So I've got the beer monster. Now, that's I don't do you get the five litre mini kegs in the US?
0: Um we do, but I, I don't I don't buy them.
1: Yeah. So we, we get them quite a lot here, including our little kind of craft and micro breweries, because they were quite easy to fill. So what that allows me to do is go down to my local craft brewer, buy a five-litre mini keg, put a little CO2 canister on top of it, and dispense it out of a tap, which is quite mm-hmm. nice. Um and then that's just sat on. Yeah, I can't remember the literage of this beer fridge, but it's a sub cold one. So um that's the brand, but um it does it does pretty well. It Can hold probably I don't know 50 to 75 beers in there.
0: Wow. Which I got this uh mini fridge. This was like my Christmas present to myself. I should have got this a while ago cuz like there, I had like so much beer like it's running out of like taking up all the space in like, the actual food fridge and I was like, "What well, we get a mini fridge with a clear door that way people can see what's in the fridge, but this has a, a blue light. Like I never turn, I should probably move this a little over. So it's more in the camera, but well, actually I did. And every time I did that, like every time I get on my chair, I would keep hitting the fridge. So, I'd move <laughs> it. so it's like, you can only see it barely in the frame now. So you can only see a few beers that are coming up yeah. instead of like all the beers. Um, I had to get this, Um, you can't see it, but it's like, this like heavy duty like metal it's like a table basically I think it's meant for like a hot water heater or something like that okay to hold the uh the weight of the fridge and uh, I should have got yeah I should have got this years ago just so I could like have this on camera so people could see what else is, is
1: yeah coming. and it's also it's also good to be able to have a fridge that's at the correct temperature I don't know what you what temperature you keep your kind of kitchen fridges at in the US but it's normally four degrees. Yeah. In the UK. And um, it's just too cold for most beers. Like you have to leave them out for a good while before you can properly review no. them at four degrees.
0: I have this, I have this one set to the uh, warmest or least cold setting. Okay. So I'm not sure the actual temperature in there, but like I can, and and actually in a lot of stuff, like when we just did the St. Bernard's 12, like I still let it sit out for like 10, 15 minutes before we start yeah. drinking.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah. I anyway, Sorry, go on. Go ahead. <laughs> I,
1: was I, have mine, I have mine set up so that, like, the, the back of the fridge is always a bit colder than the front. I have tested it and I'm trying to, I think it's, and it also varies a bit between winter and summer, but in general, I keep it so the back of the fridge is good for lagers, like, straight out. So, like, six to eight degrees, depending on the time of year. And then the front of the fridge is kind of two to four degrees warmer. So, all the dark stuff sits at the front. So, um, mm-hmm. most, most things can just be taken out and tested within kind of five or 10 minutes. Um, sometimes you have to go a little bit longer, whether it's a mm-hmm. big, dark MP or something, but yeah, it's a good idea.
0: Yeah, I know we've been going for like a half hour. <laughs> I probably should have showed this at the beginning, but, um, I wanted to show that if everybody's watching at home, this is Tom's channel. And, uh, one of the things that drew me to your channel was your, uh, great thumbnails. And actually I use one of these in my, you know, how to design thumbnails video last week or whatever. Um, And actually in the, the shot that you're like, the scene that you're in right now, um, this looks like, like, like almost like a movie kind of camera or like, it's a pretty high quality uh, setup. So um, can you, can you talk about a little bit of like your technical thing, like as far as like the camera and like, also, like you know, how you design thumbnails,
1: sure. So, um, I mentioned earlier that my kind of creative back- background was in photography.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, the camera I did not buy for YouTube, it's totally unnecessary to start a YouTube channel with, but I already had it, so <laughs> let's use it, right? Um, it's a Nikon Z6, which is their kind of first generation mirrorless equivalent mm-hmm. of a DSLR, um, uh, which I'm using the standard kit lens, but it's a full-frame camera. Um, I've got it max zoomed out, which I think is at 18, and it's probably running at an F4 aperture for real photography geeks. Um, The rest of the setup is pretty simple. So this is actually my home office, right? And this room, it looks a lot bigger on camera than it really is. Hmm. Um, So kind of nearly half of the room is like the camera to that back wall. and I've got uh, an Elgato key light, which is kind of the next most expensive thing that I bought for this setup, which is basically a big panel light. Um, reason I got that is because ring lights and cam- and glasses look really mm-hmm. odd, right? I'm sure you've experienced this. You can end up with little light well, that's, pupils. That's on the-
0: what I have. I have two ring ca- uh, ring lights right here.
1: If you've got enough space to have them pointed in, which is probably yeah. what you've got, then it's not too bad. But I need to have mine face on just because of the layout of the room. And I, every time I tried using that, you end up with weird circles in your glasses. That just, yeah. it's just, it, it annoys me. So it's a big flat light. Um, I've got uh, an Elgato mic, um, which is just like USB microphone. Um, it's positioned just out of shot. Like you can't see, I'm, my finger is touching it now. But it's, so mm-hmm. it's just, it's outside of the camera shot. Um, and then this, this bar is actually a, Outdoor bar from IKEA. <laughs> it's nothing special, it's <laughs> cheap as. But um, I wanted a stand-up high bar for a while. So it gives me the options I can do stand-up videos, I can sit down, you know, just shakes it up a okay. bit. Um, tried looked into getting one made, making my own. And then when I stumbled across this at a fraction of the price it would even cost me to do it myself, I was like, for now, this will work. I'll upgrade it one day, but it's fine. Um, and then that's just some cheap shelving from Amazon. That's got all my whiskey bottles on it behind mm-hmm. me, and obviously I've got the fridge and stuff as well. Um in terms of thumbnails, where, where do I start with thumbnails? Um I've tried loads. If you scroll back through my catalog, like they, they do start to vary. You'll see like the first, like the last, sorry, the more the most recent year are yeah. probably quite consistent. Beyond that, like it starts to get quite chaotic. Um what I've tried to do is develop a theme. And then develop thumbnails going forward, still utilizing mm-hmm. some of that theme. So it's kind of, I know in your video, you talked about like having your own avatar or logo on there. So it's like distinctly your brand.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't necessarily want to use my logo on every thumbnail. So I kind of developed like the text is always very uniform. It's the same font, it's the same yeah, style. I agree it's with got, that. It's got some, they're not, they're not. It's not always. Yeah, i like, the viewers what you're talking bit, about. <laughs> like, so yeah, you can see like sometimes I use like a block over one word, sometimes a few words, sometimes all the words. Like it just it just varies. Um, I try and make the product image really prominent because sometimes people are viewing your, your, your these videos on a tiny phone screen.
3: Right. Yeah.
1: I know a lot of people like like to put the whole bottle on the image, like top to bottom, or can or whatever. Like, that's fine, but people, like, the, the top of a bottle and the bottom of a bottle are giving no information to the viewer.
0: Yeah, you just need to see the label, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's and, it. Um, I try include, uh, begrudgingly, I include myself on every thumbnail through no form of vanity, but faces on thumbnails work for user interaction and attention. Yeah, people I've heard that, face. yeah like i would i would rather not truthfully but <laughs> in the testing i've done it seems to work so i've continued to do it um there are there is the odd one where that's not the case but um you can see one there but yeah that's um that's it it's, it's about developing a style and also not overcooking it because there's only so much information you can portray in the fraction of a second someone sees that thumbnail for yeah I try and not duplicate the title in the thumbnail text because you've got two opportunities to get information across to a viewer, which is in the title and in the thumbnail. I try and make those things different so that if one doesn't appeal to someone, the other one does.
0: Yeah, I kind of wanted to show my channel real quick. So um, like all my new ones are like just the beer with the on the desk with the man cave background blurred, you know, and then so if we sort by oldest, like this is me in my kitchen in Albany and like, I'm trying to have like this uniform yeah. like font at least. Like I'll change the, the color to kind of yeah. match the label. I mean like all these, these, these beer reviews are like from 2008. So I mean, there's not much you can do. I mean, it was only shot in like a low, low res camera. Yeah. Um, but uh, so like, you know, I had an artist make this uh, logo. Mm-hmm. Actually I have two of them. One is like the modern one where I, I have a shaved head and a beard and then just, if you just go back a few months, you see the regular one with hair and clean shaven. And I think like, you know, like just having that in every thumbnail, I think if people see it after a while, like if they recognize it, cause I thought about yeah. putting something on there, like Chad's beer reviews, but I have like, I think I have like too much text, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, people, people aren't clicking through for the name of the channel. Right. And that's always that you've got to you've got to for me, it's always about like right. identifying why would people click through? And, and I've always got two thoughts in my head for this. One is there are people who are already interested in the specific product, beer, yeah. whatever it is that you're reviewing. And that's what goes in the title, because when they're searching for it, you want that to come up pretty quick. Right. Mm-hmm. The other side of it is people who follow you and like the kind of content you do. But might not necessarily be looking for that particular beer or whatever it is, but you might be able to get them interested based on something that happens in the video, something about the product, something you know what I mean. Make more right. abstract, but build interest in some in it if they weren't interested in it otherwise. Yeah, that makes sense. I
0: don't know. I think. It's it's so weird because like, you know, I've been doing this beer tube thing since two thousand eight and like there was other people doing it at the time, but like none of them are really around anymore or like they're not like like they're not really like beer tube channels, like they kind of like do like movie reviews or just whatever is on their mind, you know, just like a autobiographical lifestyle channel. Yeah. And um, you know, for a while I was doing like top twenty beer tubers of the month and it was like it's really hard to like keep track of like who is considered a beer tuber. Cause like even your channel it's, um, I don't know if it's like 50, 50 beer and whiskey, but I mean, it's definitely like, there's a, a lot of whiskey stuff on here or, you know, liquor or whatever you want to call it that, um, yeah, you know, it's kind of like, and you know, I mean also like the name of the channel is the crummy beard, not, you know, Tom's beer reviews, you know, yeah. or Tom drinks, whatever, you know? Yeah Um, so, and like, I don't know, just that's one of the reasons I stopped doing the top 20 beer tours. I'm like, this is too much of a pain to like who's who's actually a beer tuber and who's not, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, it, for me, someone who is an active beer tuber would be someone who's reviewed a beer in the last month.
2: Yeah. That's
1: that's kind of my kind of cutoff for it. Lots of people do other stuff. There's loads of reasons people do other stuff, and everyone's is different. Some people feel like they need to do other stuff because they don't necessarily make enough profit off their channel if that's what they need to do. Thankfully, it's not something I need to do. But some Mm. people do need to do that. So they need to get other things in there to keep more views coming in. Because ultimately, beer is a real niche when it comes to review and watching content on it. Lots of people enjoy beer. Not that many people enjoy watching people talk about it. So there is that aspect of it. For me... I mean, 90% plus of my channel is beer reviews. So like, if you want beer reviews, there is a lot to go at. It's not all beer and whiskey. I started, I mean, my first whiskey review was probably two or three months in to me having the channel. So like it started early, but then I probably went a year before the next one because it was a subject I didn't feel like I could deliver enough information on. So in the background, whilst I've been doing beer reviews. I've been learning about whiskey as well because I knew that I wanted to incorporate that because it's something I'm interested in.
3: Um yeah.
1: but I'm not I don't review just anything. It is specifically beer and whiskey at, at this point. Um and it'll probably change. And it also helps me not get bogged down because I find like I don't know. I, I i get easily bored. And so if I feel like I have to review a beer, I'm almost like really but when I've yeah. got like, you know, on the days I fancy reviewing a whiskey I'll review a whiskey on the Days of yeah. doing a beer or do a beer. It has been. I am trying to do 50-50 at the minute because I don't want anyone to feel like oh he's got bored of beer and he's left because it's not true. Yeah, yeah. But like, and there'll be some. There'll be some weeks like in December. It was almost all beer because Christmas beers come out, right? So it's all exciting. It's all interesting. But
2: yeah,
1: yeah. It's, I try and I try and balance it out, and it's more about keeping myself mentally interested in doing it. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, have you ever read this book, Tasting Whiskey by Lou Bryson?
1: Uh, I haven't, I've currently got that on my Amazon wish list, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, this I'm one's pretty good because, like, this is kind of like the whiskey equivalent of uh, Tasting Beer by Randy Mosier. Like, this is like the beer 101 encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like, I'm not a huge whiskey drinker, Like, I usually have like a bourbon in the fridge at all times and i know like that's for boating like you're, you're not supposed to like refrigerate spirits but probably not i've never yeah, really yeah. understood that it's kind of like i was not like having like like a bar at room temperature is more for like because like, like when you go to an actual bar or pub or restaurant or whatever is like they're all out at room temperature so that you can see what they have you know but then like Sorry. you're almost you're usually going to put like ice in it or you're going to mix it with something that's cold like soda or Bailey's or something like
1: that, but yeah, um... it depends. It depends what it is. So uh, in terms of review, I don't I don't put ice in or anything. Sometimes the really strong stuff, I'll water down
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, whiskey is a really finicky one because it, it, it tastes best at like the best way to describe it is like in beer terms. You know, the less complex Pilsner you want to drink at four to six degrees yeah and the big impy you want at room temperature right yeah, that's yeah where you get to really appreciate the flavor well whiskey is just the big impy but a few times over again so you still <laughs> want it at room temperature to appreciate the flavor but when it becomes too warm because your hand's been on the glass or whatever else then it's quite it, it can go over the other way as well so it's quite a difficult one um, yeah how's
0: that uh, how's that stout drinking by the way
1: yeah, so I don't, we've not talked about this since you still hit the record button, I don't think. So just for yeah, if anyone's wondering, I'm currently drinking a uh, 13% Buffalo Trace barrel-aged Imperial Stout from a brewery that's, I mean, probably, I, if I stood on my roof with a powerful enough set of binoculars, I could probably see it. Um, it's pretty close. Um, but it's uh, called Blue Monkey Brewery. They're my, yeah, my home hometown brewer, closest one to me. Um, wow. They make some fantastic stuff. Um, and they're one of those interesting breweries that in the I don't know how it kind of fared in the US, but in the UK there was like a there was a very distinct like introduction of craft beer in about 2012 2013. Um, it was basically mm-hmm. BrewDog. BrewDog did this. That's not mine. <laughs> um So uh, Blue Monkey started I think in 2008. So like by craft brewing standards, they were still considered old school, but obviously by Trad beer standards, they're still really new. So they kind of sit in this middle ground. But as a result, actually, they create fantastic craft and trad beers. So I'm happy Mm -hmm. because I like both. So, yeah, very very nice.
0: I just noticed that you just posted two hours ago a review of Bourbon County. Yes. And, uh, I mean, your thumbnail kind of gives it away. But so, I mean, it it looks like I haven't watched it yet. So I'll watch it after this. But um, how would you compare what you're drinking now to Bourbon County?
1: Um, Bourbon County is special in that it feels very relaxed, and of course, because uh, there were some comments on that video already actually saying, Oh, I thought this was too sweet or whatever. And I, was, I thought that was interesting because I feel like that compared to really modern craft in certainly in the UK, is not sweet at all. Like, oh, kind of hype beers, hype impies whatever you want to call it. Um, in the UK right now, like tend to be very sweet, very sickly, heaps of chocolate, marshmallow, peanut butter, like every oh, yeah. flavour they want the to slap on stout. Yeah, yeah, pastry stout stuff. Um, whereas that felt like a really considered, like that that felt. I don't even know how to describe it. It's it was just. I mean, I, pro- I do describe it in the video. Go watch the video. I can't remember what I said <laughs> now completely. Um, I try and film quite a bit in advance so that if I like want a week off the booze, then I can do that without it affecting the videos, which is important to do sometimes. So um, that was a couple of weeks ago that I actually filmed it. But um, in comparison, this one feels like a big, heavy, modern impy, just absolutely supercharged with some of those Buffalo Trace notes. Like it's mm. all there. Whereas obviously the Bourbon Counties blended from. Different barrels, and it, it is almost like a fine wine. That one, like this is this is more flavorful, but it's also more raw. Do you know what I mean by that? Like it's got this—I don't know—like
0: the uh, actual it, like barrel character.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's more woody notes. The actual like the, the yeah. ABV of it comes through a lot more. It's stronger. it mean, it is actually stronger anyway. It's thirteen percent, whereas the um, the bourbon county was
0: yeah it's like 15 well i think it's like 13 what? it depends which one you get but it, yeah, it's about 13 13.5 something like that
1: oh actually no it might have been about the same thinking about it but anyway the abv on the the alcohol on this one is coming through a lot more um but it's also newer like they only they only bottled in this three months ago so yeah. whereas that bourbon county had been sat in my fridge for at least two and a half years and then yeah. however long before it got to me. So um mm. but it they're 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 very different things. Um but both very nice. Yeah. I'd be I'd be hard pressed to choose which one I'd want over and over again. Um but and also there's always there's that that kind of home do you do you get this in the, with your breweries like that hometown attachment thing? Like I like it um, because it's brewed over there.
0: Yeah. Like, Not so much in Florida, but when, yeah, when I was in New York, like because a lot of the beers that I reviewed on this channel have been from ironic. The the name of the brewery is Southern tier, but Southern tier is like a term in New York for all the counties that are on the Pennsylvania, New York border. Right, It's like it's the Southern tier of New York. So it's like Mm -hmm. the South of the North, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah like they're they're they made some of the best like big huge imperial stouts and like they're actually starting to bring them back' they like they made like some of the original pastry stouts, like the chocolate and the mocha, the uh java but um anyway, um I had a whole bunch of questions. It's funny, I was watching your channel I just wrote it down on a notepad and I can like barely read it's like I hardly ever write like with a
1: pen and a yeah. pad anymore you know. I'm, I'm, I'm the same, like, I've just yeah. I effectively type for a living. Not actually as yeah. a typist, but, you know, you know, spend all day, every day on a computer. Like, yeah, I can, mm-hmm. I can type way faster than I can write now.
0: Yeah, I would kind of like going back a few minutes where we were talking about, like, making the thumbnails and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, as a viewer, as a fan of your channel, I would love to see, if you ever have the time, could you do, like, a behind-the-scenes video yeah. where you show, like, how you shoot it and, like, how you, like, make the thumbnail and all that stuff? And I know, cause yeah. like I was watching your channel and I noticed like, you know, like you'll be talking and I'll notice like, it'll slowly zoom in. And I noticed yeah. like when the edge of the video got to the edge of the, uh, cask handle, yeah. like that's when, like when it would stop. And, uh, then like yeah. it would kind of yeah. zoom back out. And, um, I would like, uh, you could probably, I don't know how your camera works, but I don't know. Like if you can do the full filmatic or, uh effect like you like your entire background would like be blurred i don't know if that's possible like that like a full cinematic effect like that
1: uh i could do it with a different lens for sure so the problem mm-hmm. the problem with doing that with what i've got that, well in this space is that that wall behind me is not quite far away enough from me to properly it's gonna blur yeah blur it out so if you if you let me try and, uh, let's do a demo right hold on let me, okay. let me zoom this in manual zoom If I do that, you can now tell that they're probably more blurred, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they look they look more blurred, but you can tell because of the zoom effect. Whereas when it goes back out, wrong way. There we go. Yeah, now it doesn't look as blurred, but actually, it's just it's just because we're looking through a stream and everything's not quite as sharp as it could be anyway. Like if you were get the raw file, it, it is blurred out, but just not maybe not quite enough to tell. Sometimes when you when you kind of uploaded yeah. into YouTube and it's compressed the video and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, yeah a, a behind the scenes shoot, I could do that. It's um, it's not, not that magical. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of editing.
0: Yeah. You I mean, I, I must be like the only one that cares about like beer tube quality. Cause like there's so many people, I would say like, I, I would say the majority of us, they just like get in a camera talk and then upload it. Like no editing, no thumbnails. Like even simon from the real Ale guy like that's he's been kind of taking that approach basically since day one i mean i will say he does make pretty decent thumbnails that are mostly text and they're very eye-catching yeah. the way that he does it but although mm-hmm. um, it's also a lot of it is also personality it's like yeah. if you're just interesting enough to watch where people will just listen to whatever you want to talk about you know yeah now i also notice like 99.99999 of us are all men <laughs> there's, yeah. there's like almost yeah. no right. women in this space and if there are they're like the wives or girlfriends like there's no there used to be oh, a, like there's no beer tubers that are like just women doing it by themselves
1: there is there is there is one uh the name of the channel is completely lost i'll, I'll send it to you later i'll, I'll go I'll dig it i'll dig it out and find it um uh, she's in the u.s and mm-hmm. like i got this weird spate of I wasn't following the channel, and I would get every time I logged into YouTube for about six weeks, it would recommend me her videos. Every was time production uh, quality is through the roof, by the way. Like, it's insane. Like, she's got to have a production team on that. Like,
0: was it a tasting niche?
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I can't remember what it was called. But it was, I mean, it
0: was, I remember her, but she hasn't made a video in like, I don't know, five years or something. No,
1: no, this is like this. I think this channel started like, in the last two years um there are there are some women in the scene which is good i can think of another one actually is um like a beer school uh lady from the uk and again my memory is awful so i can't remember the names of channels um but i will dig them out and find them and if they're still active i'm sure you'll put them in the description of the video
0: <laughs> oh my god is she oh yeah Look, this this is the girl I was thinking of, tasting niche. Where she she wasn't really a beer reviewer; she was just kind of like a random blogger, right? And like so like the last video was four years ago, and then the last one that, it says three weeks ago, but I okay. don't think this has anything to do with anything.
1: No, no, it wasn't it wasn't that one. I'll dig it out and find it for you. I can't remember okay. what it's called. It.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, Simon at the Real L Guy. His wife used to be in a lot of his videos. I don't think she's mm. in it anymore. And it's funny. I just posted. On my shorts, I uh, like I posted a review. Me and Mel did of a six-point righteous ale or something yesterday or two days ago. Um, yeah, I, so I don't know if you saw my beer school on making shorts, but like I know you you've done shorts on your channel.
1: Yeah, uh, so are you doing once a, in a while? Huh. I have a contentious relationship with YouTube Shorts, <laughs> which is. I'll upload a short that I think is good. YouTube will show it to three people and that's it. But my most viewed video on this channel is a short from four years ago and it's terrible. And it's done an insane. There you go. How many oh, views
0: no, is that?
1: Yeah. Insane. insane.
0: I was going to say, did you ever follow uh, Social Blade?
1: Uh, occasionally.
0: Because I was, I was looking at your Social Blade and like last November. You got like 117,000 views in one month. That's awesome.
1: That's what I was trying to think. Last November. So that would have been after the October first beer. Um beers. So that was did that when
0: well. uh this Guinness video no,
1: that was I, I originally filmed that like in the first couple of months of having the channel. I ended up putting on a separate channel, it was when YouTube Shorts was a brand new thing. And I read some bad advice that said, "Oh, you don't put it on the same channel because it might ruin it." That was bad advice. I ended up taking it off that channel, shutting that channel down. It was just called the Crummy Beard Shorts. It was pointless, Um, Uh, and then uploading it to my current channel maybe a year ago. Um, It has done a lot of like it. It's just incrementally done a lot of views. It's weird.
3: It's
0: funny. I've been trying to like you know I'm on. Instagram, you're on Instagram, and like I'm trying to like follow like every beer account on Instagram, and like I'm following like 6,000 people, and I have like 3,000 followers, so it's like you know, for every two people you follow, yeah, one person follows you back. And um, uh, YouTube used to be like that years ago, yeah, like in the early days. I don't know when they stopped doing that, but like, because if you go to like your followers, like it only shows you people who follow you publicly, where they actually on their yeah. channel page it shows. So it's like you can only see like a small fraction of your followers. Mm-hmm. This guy is huge too. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Uh, let me show this. I think he's in Ireland.
1: Oh, so this is the guy that used to be the Guinness Guru.
0: Yeah, Derek. Um, is it pronounced Derek or Dara?
1: I think it's Dara.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, he gets tons of views. It's funny. He he does the same video as you as a Guinness Nitro Surge.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he was pre yeah previously called the Guinness Guru. He he did insanely well. Um, that that's another. I mean, to be fair, I'm not. I don't want to loop him in with the people that just hit record and then upload it because that's not true. Yeah, he's he does, like a he real does, like he, professional. He does videos yeah but he all he edits his videos and has that personality hook that just keeps you watching um Mm -hmm. so uh, i'm very aware that i probably don't have that and therefore try and make up with it with editing that's all i can do i can't i can't (laughs) change who i am right so let's um, yeah that's how I i am too yeah or oh, if if i did change what i was it wouldn't be i wouldn't be being honest about it right if i saw every video really over enthusiastically it would be a facade it's not me mm. um and if i ever am really enthusiastic on a video it's because the thing i'm going to film i'm really excited about it and it's genuine so like, it's just that's just what it is mm. um but yeah
0: and lo- watching you drink that imperial style makes me want to break one out the problem is I don't know if you're like me, um, like all the beers that are in my fridge, like these are like for reviews and it's like,
1: yeah, you get to, you get to that point where you're like, I want a beer. And you look like, I don't know which one of these I don't want to review now. <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> yeah. I get that problem. I get that.
0: problem. Also. I mean, for me, it's kind of early in the day too. Cause like after we yeah. finish this, like I got, I got stuff to do and then like, I'll come back tonight and then like, maybe I'll shoot a review or something. But, uh,
1: Yeah, yeah. Have
0: you, I don't know if you've noticed, um, like on Instagram there's like so many women on there who like, I don't, I don't know like the name for it, but like they're like always like in like bikinis or like, you know, half naked and stuff but like they're holding craft beer. I think like there's this girl hoppy floppy who has this huge, huge boobs, you know, I think she was like one of the first people to do it. Like I I would love to know like what professional brewers think of like these, like this like quasi free porn uh, but like where people are using their beer like as a prop in it, you know?
1: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting, especially like if that was a thing and it was back in like the 70s or 80s, then they'd probably be quite happy with it because that's basically what beer commercials were anyway. Yeah. But obviously today it's very different. And especially with the craft brewers, like I don't know about in the US, but certainly in the UK, the craft brewers are very, um, like very, very they tend to be very hardline um like left politically mm-hmm. with there's like there's there's no uh, no acceptance of using women or sex for marketing or anything like that. Right, I'm not, right, not so right. either but you know what I mean? like but it's so it's so rad- it's, it's to the point where it's quite it's almost kind of radically put in. Um mm. is this going in the main podcast or not? <laughs> How much more do I say? <laughs>
0: I mean I can take it out if you want so <laughs>
1: Does no, they're enough? not. They're not all that way. Um, they're not all that way. But there's a very um. Well, you you've seen it with the brew dog stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, how anytime they do anything slightly wrong, and everyone comes down on them. And I'm not saying they mm-hmm. shouldn't do that. To be fair, like they've they've done some, or uh, have allegedly done. Let's save myself here. Allegedly done some very sketchy stuff. So, um, and, and and rightfully so. But yeah, I would be interested to know what what brewers think of that. Some.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's probably,
1: probably doesn't gel with their with their own ethos in a lot of cases. Yeah, because
0: like it's not the brewery putting this out. This is just some girl on Instagram that I think like it's kind of it's kind of the opposite where it's like they genuinely like this stuff, and then like they're gonna like they're gonna like there's pictures like of girls on Instagram like they're inside the shower like taking a shower like drinking a beer you know, and they're like this is what I'm drinking today. Like I've seen some dudes like do parodies of it. You know, it's funny the first yeah, time you yeah. see it, but then after fifty, it's kind of stupid.
1: I'll be—I'll be honest. Why—why why are you going to ruin a beer by taking it in the shower? I know there's a whole thing about shower beers, but it's got to be pretty mediocre beer because, like, you're just going to water that stuff down.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, what I think they—they
1: suck it straight from the can, but yeah, it's still going to—I don't know. You're going to end up with little bits of like body wash mm-hmm. in there. Oh uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like a good idea to me. Don't take you, don't take your good beer in the shower, people.
0: I know it's, it's like, how long are you showering that you have time to? like Because I'm in and out, you know. True. <laughs>
2: it's like I can see,
0: like, if you're taking a bath, because like you know, there's so many pictures of women, like, where they have a glass of wine and cheese or whatever, and candles. You know, and they're in the bath for like two hours or whatever. Uh, um, I've,
2: I've, I've
1: had an impiece out in the bath before, once, one time, <laughs> one time. And then I realized it's a right, it's really difficult because then you've got a soapy hand, you're trying to pick the glass up, it slips. Like it's not yeah. still, it's still don't do it. Like, it's not good.
0: I don't think I've taken a bath since I was like five
1: years old. <laughs> um, it's a very infrequent event for me. Uh, it's normally when I'm it's normally when like I've got shoulder pain or something. I'm trying to ease it off. Yeah. But um the be help, the IMB style helps with that as well.
0: Yeah, something else I wrote down on my pad here is like and a lot of the stuff I wrote down when I was like five milligrams deep. So um, <laughs> like I was watching your channel the last few nights. Yeah. And um, like I something that I, it never occurred to me before is like uh, like channels or just like the way that the setup is kind of going back to like how we were saying, like you have like this like kind of cinematic setup. And it's kind of like if it looks like it, like you're like you're in a movie, then like the viewer at home, like thinks of you as like a fictional character. So it's kind of like. I think that's like kind of like how the like the our impression like our it's not like doesn't matter throughout cultures it's just like you see somebody on tv and movies mm-hmm. even politicians it's like like they're you know way on the other side of the country or they're just somewhere else yeah. and you only see them in the news or on tv and newspapers movies you know so you just think of them as fictional characters and it's like i think like when you have that kind of like I said, cinematic kind of setup. Like, I mean, this isn't, mine isn't really cinematic. I mean, I think it's it's much more professional than like the average person who just is in their kitchen or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. You kind of take on this like, I don't want to say godlike status, but it's definitely <laughs> a uh, maybe demigod status. Uh, don't, don't give me a complex. Don't give me a
1: complex. We don't need that. A celebrity um, type thing. <laughs> Yeah I mean I don't know maybe 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 having a nice camera is a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the cuz I always think like beer reviewers people want to feel like they're talking to their mate down the pub. Yeah. So maybe there's like maybe there's uh, a a good thing about just doing it on the fly in your kitchen sat on your sofa whatever. Um maybe maybe what I'm doing is not the right face but ultimately the reason I enjoy making videos is because I want everything to be as perfect as it can be mm-hmm. and make the best thing. And for me, the visual is really important because if I, I I make videos that I think I would want to watch and that's the only thing I can do is like a metric to say, I think this is good. Yeah. And I'm not saying every video I've ever made is one that I want to watch, but ultimately I know what that video is going to tell me because I was there because I did it. But you know what I mean? Like the stylistically, I do, I, you know, mimic, mimic's the wrong word, but I take inspiration from the videos I do enjoy on YouTube from other niches, not video, not beer stuff. Right, right. And then try and implement that in my own work.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I'm like that too. But it's like when you're just reviewing beer like there's only so much you can do, especially cause like ours, like ours is nonfiction. Like I have, you know, tremendous respect for people that like kind of do like a, like a fictional thing, like where there's some, like they're playing a character or something like that, or
2: yeah,
0: um, like you can even do, um, uh, getting off topic here, but anyway, um, I just something I always wanted to ask you what's in that corner over your left shoulder. What's that one? No, the other side,
1: that one. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah, that thing. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I said earlier I was a lifelong Formula One fan.
0: Is that, that is that a racetrack?
1: Yeah, that is the outline of the Belgian Grand Prix circuit, which I believe to be the best racetrack in the world. Is what that is.
0: I had a feeling that's what it was, but like every time I would <laughs> turn on one of your video videos, as soon as I see it, all I can see is like kind of like a horse in stride. It looks like a oh, thoroughbred or something.
1: That's interesting. So I always thought it looked a bit like like a like 80s Star Trek ray gun.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I can see that sort of yeah, yeah,
1: I don't know, but that's that's no that's that's what it is. It's my favorite racetrack. track. I've I've been fortunate enough to go to four uh F1 events at that track. Um Belgium's not that far away from the UK when it comes to driving. Mm-hmm. Like you can get to Belgium quicker than you can get to the top of Scotland. So, wow. Um yeah. So it's not too bad, but depending it's on where you are never... in the UK, I can just about get to Belgium before I get to the top of Scotland. So, um, but yeah, it's um, that's that's what it is. Basically, like it's a bit, I've always thought about changing it, but obviously like, the outer of this side,
3: mm-hmm. so obviously the
1: middle one's Guinness, but the the other two are the Gulf um, Gulf livery and Ferrari posters, and then mm-hmm. that's the racetrack thing. It's kind of just my kind of tip of the hat to my other passion, um, but maybe it weirds people out i don't know i've always been like do i change it do i make it more beer and whiskey based i don't know but i kind of like them i don't know where else i put them uh
0: speaking of racing like you know because i'm in outside of orlando and daytona's less than an hour from here like the daytona 500 is next yeah yeah. i don't know if you follow stock car nascar at all but um yeah it's It's kind of cool like live somewhere like that close to like a major sporting thing you know
1: yeah absolutely yeah i, I mean also I'm, I'm looking i mean silverstone the uk's um the british grand prix circuit is silverstone that's only an hour away from me as well so I mm-hmm. get the best of um get the best of that. i don't follow nascar and um the data. occasionally so is daytona hold on a minute i i occasionally watch a bit of indie cuz we mm-hmm. get coverage of that on our Sky Sports F1 channel in the UK. So I'll plug into that occasionally. But Daytona, are Daytona and Indy in the same thing or not?
0: Well, there's like, a, like NASCAR is like stock car and then the Indy 500, like that's a, like the Formula One style cars, like the open wheel, I think they're called. Yeah. 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 Right, Leo so what's Daytona? Honest, is Daytona no.
1: open wheel or is that?
0: No, that's like it's stock car, so it's a stock car.
1: Okay, it's, so it's not the same. Okay,
0: indoors, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leo, you got a cat. So this is this is one of my cats, Leo. Whenever I do the show, he wants to be on camera. <laughs> you exactly. said you had three dogs. You happy, dude? <laughs> you Every gotta, time, I'm, you gotta... if I'm wearing a black shirt, like. That's when they always had to jump all over me. I'm like, ah, oh, getting cat hair all over me.
1: Yeah, I've uh, I've got huskies and they shed all the time. We can't wear black clothes.
0: Oh, you have huskies. Oh, I love yeah. huskies. It's funny, actually. A lot of people in Florida do have huskies, which you would think like I don't know why because they're cold weather dogs, you know.
1: Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty good at adapting. As long as you're not forcing them to exercise in that heat, they're mm-hmm. pretty good at adapting to stuff. But um i don't know if i'd recommend it <laughs> you, you see it in, you see it in europe as well like there's an like a disproportionate amount of huskies in spain which is right in the south that's probably kind of similar mm-hmm. um similar kind of uh latitude is that the right which way around is it yeah latitude too. um kind of florida and mexico i guess
0: yeah so. i remember when i was in a kid in school i forget which class but i remember my teacher saying you can remember the difference between latitude and longitude just the way that you say it, like because latitude, like your mouse going, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> going this way, longitude, your not going this way.
1: Yeah, I, I my mind just went long's got to be down, like surely it's got to be yeah. down. So
3: yeah, but, yeah.
0: Um, it's funny because the last two episodes with Kyle and with Joe, like I have like this standard list of questions, and they're all like I feel like I should start out the show with these questions, and we're already over an hour into it. You know, you can rapid, um,
1: we can we can rapid fire them if you want. I don't
0: mind. Well, I mean, basically, coming we sort of hinted at this before, but like, um what was like your inspiration for doing the channel? Like, you, you said you'd been watching other beer tubers, or
1: no? Well, no, I hadn't. Where was it? Was
0: it like you know? Because like, when I, mean, it's probably not fair for me to compare, because like, I started doing it in 2008, there really wasn't anybody else here. Yeah. yeah. And I, like, I remember thinking about it. I was like, because I remember going on YouTube way back then and like looking around for beer reviews and there was like maybe two other people doing it at the time. I was like, well, if I start now, like I'll be ahead of the curve, you know? And then, sure. you know, fast forward, you know, 15 years later now, like oddly enough, like, I mean, there are probably a couple hundred beer tubers and actually funny the majority of them are in the UK. Yeah. Um, The scene over there is like much, you guys get way more views. I think you guys actually care about this a lot more than we do. So I think, I think in America it's all about, Instagram and TikTok? Okay. Uh, so I think maybe it's just like a attention span thing. Um maybe.
1: it's, you know, it's like definitely going way right right here thing. as well, but yeah.
0: Yeah, so like what was you know, um were you like, "Oh, I can do it better than those guys?" or like, "I like those guys and I want to be one of those guys?"
1: <laughs> uh so my the, uh, if my impulse for actually starting the channel was simply that um, I I'm quite bad just at acquiring hobbies, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Like I just like to take on new things um and explore and get into stuff. Um been doing photography for years, loved it. The problem with photography is you need to go and find new stuff to take photos of a yeah. lot of the time, right? Or at least like I don't consider myself to be a particularly great photographer. I'm probably better than the average person, but I'm not I don't feel like I'm good in photography circles right so uh and while some people can probably make absolutely incredible bits of art just around their own home that's not me i always felt like i need to go out and find the next, right. the next place the next thing which is fine but that actually takes a lot of you need, you need to be out of the house a lot right for that um and it's something i still do but i'm like i do that now when i go away on holiday vacation whatever um and do bits and you know a few times a year not as a constant monthly thing. So I was like, well, I've got this camera. I've always been interested in editing videos and creating videos, but I had never had any way to put them, show anyone that anyone would be interested I was like. And as I said, been following YouTube since the early days in terms of just generic YouTube content, I was like, you know what, let's just do it, give it a try, Um, just pick something, pick a a subject. And I was like, notice that food reviews were pretty successful on YouTube overall. And I was like that meets kind of all the marks. I am I am a foodie. I can do it in my own house. It's relatively low cost. You know what I mean? Like it just it it hit all mm-hmm. the marks to be like so the first couple of video desert, videos I did were around food and I was like editing these things and I was like it's okay but I don't feel like I'm passionate about the thing I was talking about. And then interestingly enough it was this time of year so my my channel's just had its Birthday, which must be his three or four year birthday, must be three. Mm -hmm. Um, and the Six Nations was on. We talked about earlier the rugby Six Nations, and I was like, you know what'd be great because the rugby and beer have had a like they are intertwined, like rugby culture is beer culture, and vice versa in a lot of cases. So I was like, it'd be really cool for every match of the Six Nations to drink a beer from the two countries that are playing each
0: other, playing, yeah,
1: yeah. So I was like, so I did a series on it's called The Six Nations of Beer. Ultimately, they were way too long, badly edited, didn't really know what I was talking <laughs> about. But what that did was show me that actually, I've been sat in pubs for years, boring my friends about the interest, intricacies of the beer I was drinking. So I was trying a new thing every time I went to the bar and they were drinking the same stuff they always drank, right? So I was like, hold on. No, no, beer is a passion. I've been going to beer festivals for years, all the rest of it. I was like, I don't know why it took me to that point, but I was like, okay. Maybe I could review some beers. Did a YouTube search, found Simon from Real Ale Craft Beer. It used to be called Real Ale Trail. It's always Real Ale Guide. Yeah, Real Ale Guide. Um,
0: also Ginger Real Ale Trail. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh yes, yeah, Ginger ale Yeah, yeah. Uh, that guy. Um, uh, do you know Raggy? Yeah. Yeah. So Raggy lives in the same city as me. Weirdly enough, because so I was like, I was doing I was doing searches for Blue Monkey Beer. See, like, is anyone covering that? There was this guy called Raggy doing it. I've now met Raggy loads of times. I know nice guy. Um, and I was like, watching these videos, like, these guys know what they're talking about. But every video I watch is like, what were are we talking about before? It's sets up camera, hits record. There's awkward space blanks in it. There's no background music. There's no editing. They turn it off and upload it. I was like, hmm. well what I want to do is that, but with the production side. Right. I'm not suggesting that my knowledge and my ability is to produce a better video in terms of content. Cause some of those guys know way more than I do about actual beer styles and history and everything else. I was like, maybe I can add a different twist on it. It's not necessarily doing it better. It's just doing it different. Right, right, right. Um, and that's basically where it came from. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. it was, way before you started making videos, but I mean, he's still pretty popular. Did you ever see beer geek nation?
1: Uh, I don't think so. Doesn't okay. like
0: he was, he was huge about 10 years ago. And um, cause he would do like, actually, you know, I'll just bring it up. It's so much easier to just show than tell, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> let me, uh, where am I? I can edit this out. Let's load this website up. All right, so this is a uh, beer geek nation. This is a beer mail that he did. I should probably find like a beer review. Look, he has forty-one thousand subscribers. Oh wow! And he just like bounced. He just like <laughs> disappeared like five or six years ago
2: so like, he, left.
0: so like he had like this whole animated opening and like this he, this is kind of the inspiration of how i do mine now is like he would do um like he would break down each aspect and like he had like these animation you know So like aroma and then
1: oh nice
0: taste and then i think he, he probably had one on mouthfeel the verdict and like his are fairly short i mean this is only two minutes and 39 seconds that, that's, okay it's kind of like my one criticism is like it's a little too short i mean yeah. it's good to be succinct but you don't want to be like this is way before tiktok like this is 2017 um and you know like he has like a huge you know, he he changes setup a bit but he, he's always surrounded by like whatever whales that he has you know
1: yeah um, yeah there's
0: this awesome book you should let me, uh, the, you should check this out. It's called The Beer Geek Handbook, and it's. I feel like I wrote this book, like, it's all about I mean, I think it's more like kind of like from an American perspective, but it's like about yeah. just like being a beer, Greek, beer geek, you know, like with bottle shares <laughs> and things like that, and yeah, yeah, like going to breweries, like, and waiting in line at you know six in the morning or whatever, <laughs> um, you know, and then. So I don't know what the point of that was, but oh, yeah, my point was like, kind of like how I kind of revitalized this channel a couple of years ago, like where I would film myself pouring the beer and like the label off camera. That way I can like voice over it, you know, actually. And it's funny, actually watching some of my old, old reviews, I was doing a, something similar, like all the way back in like 2009. Um, but uh guess yeah, so like, this is something that like, I used, Cause I used to do a show just like this, like 10 years ago. I didn't have a name for it. It was basically a podcast back then. And yeah. I would just interview other beer tubers, like how I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. And something I would always ask somebody is like, who the hell do you think you are going on YouTube, telling the internet and the world, what you think about beer, where do you get off? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Sarcastically, good, obviously. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah.
1: No, it's a good question. Um, there's like I've got a, a two point answer to that one.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, one side of it is um, completely uh, is completely selfish in that whilst I have lots of friends that are into beer,
0: right?
1: I don't have friends to, that are into beer to the level where like we're all willing to go out and spend frankly an absurd amount of money on something obscure and do a bottle share or something like that. Like they're into right. like they're not buying naff stuff at the bar. But they're also not like they're not they're not taking time out of their day to go and hunt down the latest craze thing. Right. So the the one part of it is an avenue for me to kind of talk to other people about that that area that I'm interested that I don't get to do in my normal life. The other side of it is I genuinely believe there is enough room on YouTube for an effectively infinite amount of beer reviewers because everyone's palette is so different. Right. What everyone needs to do is go and find the people that they just gel with on a generic level in terms of they watch the video, they kind of like it. Mm-hmm. And then go and drink some beers, that the same beer that that person's reviewing, watch the video with it, and go, am I picking up the same thing? Yeah. Once you've done a few with one person, you go... Every time like that person's talking my language, right, that's the person that you go to for beer recommendations because you've got a similar palate.
0: Yeah, and it's also like the case of Beer Geek Nation that we were just watching. Like he always had his finger on the pulse of like the beer, like the whatever was the up and coming or the must have brewery of the moment. Like, have you heard of, you've probably heard of like Hill Farmstead or Treehouse?
1: Treehouse I have, yeah.
0: Yeah, like they're like the it brewery, but like they're mm-hmm. an, like, it's not like you can just go to the store and buy them. It's like you have to like go to the actual brewery in Massachusetts to get it, yeah. you know? I mean, it might be available in some stores around there, but you know, like they have like this like cult following and like that was like Chris was like, he was like one of those first people that's just like, okay, what is like the beer I absolutely have to have? You know, like he was somebody who you would watch. I'm like, I'm trying to do that with this channel because like I get a lot of my beer on uh, this app called Tavor. Right. where they get you know i get all this like it's funny because i i get like most of my beer online now because the beer scene here is like so terrible like i sent you a picture of you know total one which is like the big it's a chain liquor you know yeah. wine beer store and they have a very limited selection of stuff from overseas even the stuff from america is fairly limited you know it's like i don't know what happened it seemed to happen about maybe whenever hazy ipas took over is this like Every beer store contracted. I don't know how it was there, but for the last 10 years here, like I, like used, when I used to live in Albany, I would go to the beer store. They had like everything, like the most niche style, like beer to guard, English mild. I'm trying to think of like, what's like a super rare style, like smoked beers, Um, you know, like some of the Belgian sours and stuff like that. Yeah. Like you can find it. it. And then around 20, 14 15 everybody just started making hazy ipas pastry stouts and kettle sours <laughs> like you, yeah, so if you want um, like a lager you gotta get like you got to go to the german section and just get yeah, something yeah, from bunch yeah. Stefan, or paul honor
2: yeah uh, it's it pretty there. similar
1: or, it's pretty similar here um i i feel like we're we're i don't know what it's like in the u.s in the uk there's there's often been this idea that beer trends change about every 10 years Mm
2: -hmm.
1: craft beer took off in a big way in the uk 2013 2014 quick math tells you it's about time for a change yeah yeah and we're seeing that now like so um are you familiar with verdant brewery in the uk you might not be but they are like um I don't want to say they're our Sierra Nevada because they, they're not that old. They're not that established. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like pushing the craft beer scene forward in the country, they to a similar degree, I would say. Um, they have a hype beer that they release every year. It was like basically their first beer that did really well. It was a double IPA called Putty. <laughs> um, that, that put them on the map. And every year since, they've done a special release of it. and. Every year beer tubers go out in droves, try and find it, pick it up, review it. Mm-hmm. This year, I have seen a notable decline in people talking about it, the amount of people that reviewed it, the people that did review it, no one watched it. Like there's it's gone very dead very quickly. That and maybe it maybe it's circumstantial, just the ones I happen to see, but it really feels like it has just gone out in a in a fizz. Um and I think that's indicative across the board. Like I think the, what the, the IPA era and the overly sweet MP Stout era is done. I think people are going to continue to push it because they think they can sell it and it'll probably work for another year, just about. But the problem we've got is there's no obvious replacement yet. Mm-hmm. Everyone's bored of what everyone's been doing, but no one knows what they want. And that'll be really interesting to see where that goes. I
0: don't know. I, all of a sudden now n- non-alcoholic beers are like, yeah, the it thing of the moment here. Like everybody's making like 0.0, 0 uh, beers. And it's funny. Cause I, like I, I told you like, uh, like I, I basically I'm like, I do Instacart, DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats, mm-hmm. Amazon. Like I deliver stuff for a living, which is actually what I was doing today. Mm-hmm. And, um, somebody actually ordered a uh, non-alcoholic, like 0. 0.0 ABV beer. Cause like up until a few years ago, like so-called non-alcoholic beer, it was still like 0. 0.5 ABV. And like, you would still have no. to actually, you had to be 21 to buy it. You had to card somebody. And I, this guy, he just bought, all he bought was non-alcoholic beer. And I figured I was going to have to card him. And then when I made the drop off, it didn't make me card him.
1: <laughs> I was
0: like, really? I mean, I guess it's, I mean, there's no alcohol. And I guess, I guess. Yeah, kid, that's a weird, it.
1: That's one of those, yeah. What do you think about this? I I saw like a one of these kind of like social quandary questions got bought up, right? It is entirely reasonable if you've got a desk job, say, and you actually go Mm. into an office and whatever, like it's entirely reasonable to sit there with like a large coffee that's got like four shots of espresso in it. Yeah. Massive stimulant. It's entirely allowed and reasonable to sit there with a can of monster energy. Same thing, (laughs) boils even. Um, you can sit there with a full fat Coke, big one. How much sugar? Through the roof. Still fine. But if you cracked open a 0.0% Erdinger in the middle of the day.
0: Yeah, it'd be, probably, that'd be pretty weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But actually, it's better for you. There's no stimulant in it. It's actually quite good for you in terms of like gut bacteria and stuff like that. Like. Mm. What you know what I mean? Like, it's just that we're in this oddity place where because it looks like beer, it's not acceptable, but there's no reason, mm-hmm. there's no reason you couldn't have that as like a energy giving. Like, I don't know if yeah. you heard this, but like, um, apparently a lot of athletes have started using alcohol free beer as recovery drinks.
0: Yeah, I think it's like for the vitamin B or something.
1: Yeah, because it's it gives you better better minerals and um mm-hmm. vitamin levels than a lot of the actual sports drinks because obviously they're all synthetic. um there's no reason really that you shouldn't be able to drink one of those while you're driving because it's actually better for you than most of the other things you could drink but but it is yeah. still frowned upon it's a weird yeah weird place that we find ourselves
0: yeah and it's it like what you were saying earlier about energy drinks and stuff. Cause I think like the difference between like caffeine and alcohol, cause like one's an upper and one's a downer, you know, it's going to like ca- alcohol actually is going to like handicap you, you know, I think like, that's like the, whenever you see like gangsters in movies, like they're always like drinking like bourbon and scotch and, you know, like I was drinking like hard liquor, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like showing how tough you are. It's like, I can drink this, something that's going to handicap me, but in, like, it, I'm not letting it handicap me. Whereas I- like, like like you would never see like you know don corleone like drinking i mean maybe espresso or something but like you wouldn't think of that as like you know adding to their image as like a tough guy you know you think, like a yeah, hit man hitman is gonna drink a scotch not a monster
1: I, no, true <laughs> I, and whilst you absolutely shouldn't drive operate heavy machinery or do anything else after having mm-hmm. a beer um at the same time the the effects of a caffeine crash or a sugar crash after having too much of it is going to impair your ability to work. Yeah. Like it is. So whereas an alcohol free beer isn't because there's nothing in it.
0: <laughs> How, one. uh the, one of the differences between the UK or probably all of Europe and the United States is because, you know, I've been to Europe, been to many different countries and like, because you're, that whole area is like stuff that was built there hundreds of years ago is still there. Like the roads are like this wide, you know, buildings are hundreds of years old. Everything's like so cramped and so close together. Like you can, it's like a lot of the cities, depending on where you live, like you can just walk wherever you want, or you can bicycle or you have like, you know, fairly easy to come by um, public transportation, but like the United States is different because everything's so spread out. Yeah. And it really wasn't until like the, Advent of Uber like ten years ago, um because like when I remember I was showing you the pictures from Mahars, you know that was like mm-hmm. you know 2009 to 2012. Like that bar was probably about five miles from my apartment, and like I didn't really have the option of buses and certainly not trains, you know. So I mean you could pay you could pay like thirty bucks for a taxi, but it's like I'm not paying thirty bucks to go to the bar and thirty but you know. Screw yeah. that. So like everybody just would just drive drunk. And uh, now you have like Uber and Lyft. Um, has that, I don't know, do you guys have like a big problem with like drunk driving over there or is it because you have the public transportation and probably, um, I know you have Uber over there now Yeah. or, uh, or does everybody just ride a bike or e-bikes? No, or...
1: um the UK is not that bike friendly um, compared to other places in Europe anyway. probably <laughs> is compared to the US, but certainly not compared to say uh, the Netherlands and Belgium and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Drink driving is an issue, but probably on the decline in general. I've heard some reports that like the last couple of years, it might have started to creep back up a bit. Um, But like in general, it's definitely getting better. Similar kind of thing though, like if you live in our cities, like you said, like everything's really close together and you can walk, you can easily get right. a bus, tram, train, taxi. That's always been the case. So, cities, you, know, you always get outliers, you always get idiots who just decide they're going to do it anyway,
2: right? And that's
1: one of those things. Uh, but in cities in general, it's not been a I don't want to say it's not an issue because it definitely is, but it's not a it's, I, like I don't know anyone. That I can think of, who's willingly got behind the wheel of a car after too many beers on a night out,
2: hmm.
1: ever. So that should tell you that it's not—it's not a common thing, right?
2: Yeah, you the majority
1: don't really, of people like, are not willing to do it. Take one um, of your
0: friends' keys or whatever. Yeah, it's just,
1: it just—it just isn't. There's never any suggestion when we go on a night out that someone's going to drive because we don't need to. We can all get back mm-hmm. a different way. Um, however, on the flip side, I have seen in country pubs when I've gone on holiday vacation stayed in a rural area i've walked to the pub for three miles from wherever we're staying and i've Mm -hmm. seen people stumble out and stumble into their cars because like in the us there is no there's no other way to get to the pub if they live four or five miles away they've done it it's not right and they shouldn't have done it and i'll be honest on those roads it's even more dangerous because you can't fit two cars wide anyway so this Mm -hmm. is an accident waiting to happen but um it happens but in general yeah it's on the decline which is a good thing
0: yeah you have uber there though right
1: yeah we've had uber for six years it's definitely pre covid like mm-hmm. um it's 20, fairly cheaper than a cab 20 somewhere between 2016 2018 i say probably came in properly um it is cheaper yeah it's not obviously the the surge charging so like when there's when there's no surge charging it's definitely cheaper probably by about Twenty-five to thirty-five mm-hmm. percent. Um, when the surge charging go to the same or even more, so just depends. But um, in general, it's it's cheaper. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I had a list of like these lightning round questions, but I can't find what I did it. Did with it. Uh, I'll try to like think of them off the cuff here. All right. So uh, here's a good one. Do you drink seasonal beers in season? like but like I don't know how it is there but here it's like all seasonal beers they come out like a season ahead of time so like pumpkin beers come out in august christmas beers come out in september summer beers yeah. come out in like march it's just, so it's like do you do you drink it you wait until it actually is that season and then the beer is old or do you drink it when it's fresh and uh, it's a like, season early
1: this probably differs a bit throughout the UK but I, my experience is we have like a a twofold issue in the Breweries definitely release things ahead of time. Like you said, you'll get get Halloween beers in the end of August, early September. Christmas beers will come out first week in November. Like, and in general, to be honest, the seasonal stuff I more buy for review than I buy for just general, you know, just I'm chilling at home having a beer. And those I'll buy as soon as I can. And then... I will review them to get them out with enough time for people to watch it and then go decide whether they want to buy it or not and make sure it's still available by the time they've seen it. Do you know what I mean? So I try and get it out like a couple of weeks before it's kind of prime time. Um, On the flip side, though, a lot of our bars, because of the way they buy beer, end up with seasonal stuff. And I'm going to use seasonal in the loosest sense here. Like they want dark beer in winter. They want amber beer in spring and right. light beer in summer. They seem to be about four weeks behind. So you walk into a trad pub in the first week of November, say, and go, right, it's properly winter now. I want a stout. And it's still flush with IPAs. On the flip side, you'll get to Easter. You'll walk into the pub and want like a nice hoppy pail. And then they've still got all the stouts on. Like this, just, it's a bit, You know what I mean? Like it doesn't quite get the, um, and that's because obviously they need to get rid of the stuff they've got before they can put the new thing on and all that stuff. But, and I I know why it happens, but it's just a funny, funny thing. But in general, I do drink seasonally, but I am way really into dark beer. So I drink dark beer most year round. And then when it gets really hot here, then it's all about German pills. (laughs) Like that's kind of my,
0: I mean, I'll drink a bourbon County in July. (laughs) If it's that good.
1: Uh yeah, um, to be fair, I, I would I would happily do so. I don't, don't drink that many in stouts outs when it's really hot, but um yeah, wouldn't be unknown.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> is there is there a difference between a double IPA and an imperial IPA?
1: Marketing. <laughs> um I think I think triple IPA is closer to what I would think an imperial IPA is. Because, mm-hmm. like, again, it's all like these terms change, but a modern imperial stout in reality is probably like 8 or 9% plus. Right. So, if we're going off that, then the triple is closer in terms of ABV.
0: I think it's more yeah. about the IBUs. Like, that's just, it's funny, the okay. short that I posted this morning was the Maharaja IPA. It was from 13 years ago. It was like, 10.5% ABV, but it was like 102 IBUs. And like, you don't oh, see, wow. you don't see IPAs that bitter anymore. Like, cause I remember yeah. like those old super strong IPAs, they're like syrup. Or like, the like closest yeah. one we still have that you can still get is dogfish head 120. You ever had right.
1: that? Not had it, but see, I I know what it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That one's 100. And well, actually, I think like the human palate kind of tops out about 100 IBUs, but. Yeah, that one's like carbonated syrup. It's like so bitter <laughs> that like it's not even really that bitter.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's it's such a shock that you can't really register it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's an interesting idea, though, because obviously the, the Imperial, the word Imperial is just a bit arbitrary because it's just like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's just like meant to be the premium version, the, the over-egged version, whatever you yeah. want to call it. Super um, strong, like. Yeah, but it's an interesting idea that in IPAs it it refers to IBUs. It might do. Mm -hmm. It might do, but yeah, in which case a double makes more sense, but Mm. mm, I don't know.
0: Here's here's another uh, lightning round question for you. Can beer ever be truly as refreshing as water on a hot day?
2: Hmm
1: uh yes by comparison of the water used to make it um and i I know this was a lightning round question i'll make it as brief (laughs) as i can right like beer made in scotland or beer made in like the mountains in germany the water quality is so good that mineral quality is so refreshing it's unreal if you have if it's that versus generic like water out of london the beer is more refreshing but If it's beer versus the same water it was made of, then the water is still going to be more refreshing. So
0: I would say, yeah, like, it's the taste is refreshing. Like, I've had IPAs that, like, because they taste like juice. And, like, it's refreshing while it's in your mouth. But then once you finish it, then, like, the hops linger, or even just, like, a standard Pilsner or, like, even, like, an adjunct lager, like, it's going to have an aftertaste. It's going to dry you out. So it's kind of, like, it's refreshing because, like, I can definitely pound, like, You know, a perhaps blue ribbon or something like that, and then but then I'll chase it with actual cold water. You know.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. I think yeah, we're confusing the words refreshing and hydrating, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. The 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 beer can be more refreshing, but it can't be more hydrating. There
0: you go. Yeah, yeah. That's like a. You know, it's funny. I never thought that. Or after all these years, because like yeah, we use hydrating and refresh because like it's refreshing as in like a nice change of pace or just like Yeah, yeah um kind of cleansing your palate or something mm-hmm. you know like i'll be drinking um like i drink you know i'm in florida and it gets super hot here so i have like lots of bottled water in the car and i'll just be drinking water all day and i'll probably drink like two liters of water and then at, there's like some there's certain times where it's like it's two or three in the afternoon and my day's only halfway over and i'm just like sick to death of drinking water and i'll get like an energy drink or something like that. I'm like, I just need something else to taste here, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, fair. fair. Uh,
0: what is the plural of Guinness? Uh, Guinai. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. I was like, is it, yeah, is it like octopus, octopi, or is it? Uh,
1: I hope so. I've heard a lot um, of people say it's
0: just Guinness, like with sheep or deer, like you you just. It
1: probably, it probably is, but I can't, I can't help think that the country of, Papua New Guinea is actually just plural Guinnesses. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, who knows.
0: What is your reaction when a beer that used to be a whale is now available in every gas station?
1: Mm, I don't know. It's not something we get very often, to be honest. Um, I've not had a genuine genuine reaction. Um, Probably, as long as the quality is there, then, like pretty relieved because availability is good right
2: yeah
0: <laughs> so. i wrote a blog about this a long time ago and it was, it was kind of I we could probably do an entire show just on this topic it's like uh are you drinking the beer or are you drinking the cachet because i like, got so many beers have like this cachet value to it yeah and and, and it goes the other way too is like stigma you know yeah. like some beers have a stigma and it's like you know something like uh joe on our last podcast, we were talking about this. Cause like now, like, cause he's in California and San Diego and like, he can get plenty of the elder at gas stations and like,
3: Oh, what? And really? Yeah. Oh. Or like in
0: supermarkets or whatever. Like, it's pretty easy to come by out there. Oh, you got to, you, get you
1: get got to sell a kidney out here to get one. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, um, like the, the only thing I can kind of compare that to is like, you know, like I can get like founders KBS at the yeah. supermarket. Um, it can get goose Island Bourbon County at the supermarket. And that like, that used to be really hard to get, you know, but it doesn't change. Like to me, like both of those beers qualities have stayed pretty consistent. Um, like there's just so many people that I like, I, I always, if you ever encounter beer snobs, like I try not to be a snob. I, and like, cause I, I can always, the way that you can dunk on any beer snob is you just say, like whatever, whatever is like the it beer of the moment, like this, the White Whale or whatever, or you could just do like you could just do like a classic like Westy Twelve. Or, you know, everybody knows Westy Twelve. It's the only Trappist yeah. beer that you can't just get; in, you have to go get it. Yeah, I, I would say if, if Westy Twelve was available at every gas station, you wouldn't care. You know, that'd be like a ho hum beer. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Um, yeah, and I I I don't like. I I also try not to be. To be a snobby, there is times where I feel like I can't help myself. Okay, like this is a, a genuine. Yesterday, I did a I did a live stream. Are uh, you, mm-hmm. you? Yeah, you, sorry, that. you drinking on that. I had a, had a few great German beers. Uh, I, had, I had three on the stream. Finished the stream up. I had to be up early today, so I was like, I didn't want to drink late in the day. It was an early stream, um, and finished the stream went down had some food i was like like i just want one more beer one small beer like that'll that'll be my day done and that'll be good um and like we were talking about earlier like most of the beers in my fridge are for review so i was like i don't know what to have went down to my kitchen fridge and realized someone um, a friend of mine had been over at christmas and had left some brew dog beers in there i was like <laughs> I'm not going to I'm like, I'm not drinking this to like analyze it like it's just to have with dinner like you know okay right. I'm sure it'll be okay I, I I poured it down the drain after three sips couldn't do it I was like kind of beer, just was it? it is it is just it's just bad like it is just bad um so and I can't help myself you, you know when you've got good stuff lying around upstairs and then it's mm-hmm. like you've got like I can't why why would I do that to myself I don't know um, but at the same time, if I'm with someone and we go out to a bar and they're like, I want a pint of Amstel. So I don't know if you get Amstel in the US, but it's like yeah, the, one of the cheapest Euro lagers. And they're like, I just want a pint of Amstel. And I'll say, are you sure? And, and it's not like a critical. that even more like, like if they just feel like they don't want to. If, like if I'm if I've asked them what they want and I'm buying around and they I'm uh, you know they don't want to say like I want the vice definer because it's four times the price or
3: whatever.
2: Yeah. I'm
1: like, are you sure? Because I don't, you know, I'm getting the whatever.
2: Hey,
1: if
0: um, you're buying, then uh, I'm getting Bourbon County or <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: But most, you know, most people are polite and just like whatever. I'm like, are you sure? Oh, but I know, yeah, really, I I like it. I'm like, okay, fine. I don't care. What, I don't care what you drink. Just don't make me drink it. <laughs> like I, I don't care. Like um. So yeah, I don't. I try not to be critical of other people's purchasing choices. Uh, and I think that's what beer snobbery really is.
0: Yeah. I, I'm kind of like a uh, a born again snob because I, <laughs> I, once you become like a certified beer judge and like, especially when you homebrew and you start to appreciate all the styles for what they are. And basically if, as long as the beer doesn't have like, you know, diacetyl, acetaldehyde, DMF, you know, like those, those nasty chemical flaws is that you like you can actually taste what, what those ingredients are in there? And like mm-hmm. I have no problem. Actually, every once in a while I will get a four-pack of
1: PBR. Do you guys get PBR over there? Uh school ribbon? Not not in not as a regular purchase, but you can pick it up from importers occasionally.
0: Yeah, I mean it's just a adjunct yeah. macro logger. It's a lot less green apple-y than Budweiser, but it's <laughs> You know, I, I I get it. It's I mean, I can taste that corn in there and it tastes fine. Like I'm doesn't taste like I will take that over Budweiser because to me Budweiser is very green appley. Um and like it's funny cuz like now a lot of American craft breweries are making rice lager, which is basically yeah. just Bud Light cuz I mean that's what Bud Light is. They use rice yeah. instead of corn. And um yeah. so like like I was saying like once you become especially I think homebrewing really helps in like actually studying the uh, the style guidelines, like just tasting everything, like as long as like it's not full of, you know, nasty flaws, like it should be a pretty good, then then all, at that point, all you're arguing is taste. And it's like, like in your case of like the Amstel or whatever is, you know, like if it's fresh, like uh, like the brew dog you were just talking about, like if that was like a super old beer and it was just oxidized, um, yeah. then like it would taste gross. But I mean, like if you're like, oh, this just is just so mild or just so, you know, so lacking in flavor, you know, yeah. like if that's why you poured it or like yeah. the, you know so you know, become a become a born again beer snob, you know, and like <laughs> you'll appreciate you'll appreciate everything as long as like it's made with you know the right way at the, and then after that, all you're arguing is taste and then like you know, we can say like you know some people like peppers and beer, some people like chocolate, you know some people some people can do the corn, some people can't do the corn, you know, some people love yeah. hops. You know, yeah. my, my uh, home club, yeah. uh, we actually had this thing. It's like these strips of paper. I forget what they are, but you just, you just put a strip of paper on your tongue and it would actually measure how sensitive you are to bitterness. Mm-hmm. And like to some people, it just tastes like, you know, like, like a, it just tastes like a strip of paper like that. But to other people, it's like super, super bitter. And, uh, you know, some people have like super sensitive tasting palates. I don't know if you watch uh, my friend Darwin, Darwin's Beer Reviews. I, I'm pretty sure he's a super taster. Because you watch any of his reviews, he takes like half a sip, like a little medicine cup sip of a beer. Yeah. And he gets it like that. And because <laughs> we've done a couple together, and like I'm like, glug, 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 glug. And he's just like, the, he's like, okay, yeah, I got it. I don't have a point. That's...
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, it's a pretty day. I, I mean, I, I always feel like I keep myself grounded in that space because I'm always way more critical of. The really high-end hype beers than I am mm-hmm. the generic day-to-day. Like, like if you if I review a cheap generic beer, I will tell you that it's cheap and why I think it's a bit cheap and a bit naff. But ultimately, if your budget is X pounds per beer, you mm-hmm. could do worse than this. Is normally the case. Um, and on the flip side, when it comes in with the big expensive. People are queuing up and trying to get a hold of it. Beers. It has to be really good for me to be positive about it because a lot of the time, it's not worth it. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I feel like I sit in the middle ground in terms of where my yeah. beer preference is. But
3: yeah,
0: yeah, Uh yeah. We've been going super long, so we should. This seems like a good place to wrap. So let Sounds everybody good. know where they can find you. Uh, it's the Crummy Beard. The crummy beard on YouTube and on Instagram. Do you have a website or anything? Uh,
1: uh, crummybeard.com does exist, it's probably not been updated for a while, and I probably need to do that. Um, so I just go go to YouTube, Instagram. Uh, I am on TikTok as well. I generally just kind of cross post Instagram to mm-hmm. TikTok, so if you're on one or the other, it's fine. Yeah, um, that's, you get the same stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's pretty much it. I try and focus. Mid- majority of my stuff on youtube um because that's where the long form video lies um yeah yeah that's, that's that is really everything i've got nothing too much to plug it's just constant stream of beer and whiskey reviews um i'd just like to say thank you very much yeah. sir for having me it's been a blast
0: yeah i agree and like i said uh, i would love to see that behind the scenes video <laughs> i might be it the only one cool. that watches. maybe maybe can start like a patreon or something like or hide, you know hide behind <laughs> a paywall
2: yeah, good with work. A, good work. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, as I always say, if you watch all the way in, you are awesome. Thanks for watching and we'll see you guys next time. So time and everything to cheers with. It looks like you're at a beer too. <laughs>
1: okay, I'm out too. But yes, yeah. cheers. <laughs>
0: right, we'll just wave like a parade. All
1: right. Indeed.